a huge part of our relationship is that we just happen to like have the same values and like the same things and want to talk to each other about rom-coms and try and monetize it Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week, nope, you do your thing first. And you can find us on Instagram at, and I guess now threads. Are we threading? Uh, no, we're not. Oh, do we have to thread? Okay. No, we're not. Thre- I don't even know what that means. We're not doing it. It's just it. Twitter. It's just No, Twitter. I know. I know that it, I know, but like it's I. It's Twitter, but no. it's owned by a different evil billionaire. Yeah, you know, no, we're not. A billionaire whose side we're on this week. Okay. Uh, I'm on the side of no evil billionaires this week because I'm a writer and I'm on strike. And a bunch of them have been like, what if you lose your home? And I'm like, it's a possibility. Can you fucking pay me? Anyway, it's not important. <laughs> Uh, you can Plus find you guys are about to get upstaged about by the actors. Here's the thing: can we talk about this for forty five minutes? I was feeling kind of okay about my about my picket line fits, if you will, and now it's just going to be about. Bryce keeps being like, "We'll be on there together," and it's like, okay, but you're going to look so much hotter. You know, it's just like, ugh. like good for you guys, solidarity. Let's all fuck the man and all that, but also like. All the memes of it's just like like Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> like I, mean, I, they're not wrong. I know that I'm the Oppenheimer. Whatever. You can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod. You can find us on TikTok at hold up podcast. You can donate to the uh entertainment fund to help uh, all the people striking live. Uh and you can fuck the billionaires who own Disney and Warner Brothers and all those stuff who don't want to pay us. Carrie, what did we watch this week? We watched Princess Diaries 1 and 2, The Royal Engagement. Um, a Royal Engagement? Tough call. Don't know. I wrote um, down PD2. Princess Diaries? Princess go. Diaries came out in 2001. Princess Diaries 2 came out in 2004. And even though there's only a three-year difference there, we jumped ahead five years. You want to know why I talked about this? Go. Do you know so why? that this is my assumption so that Anne Hathaway is playing her actual age oh I think it's because if they were to pay like an 18 year old has to get married people would be like that's crazy so we made it a 21 year old has to get married yeah well and it's also crazy Anne Hathaway is playing her actual age and Anne Hathaway is um, playing her actual age um both were directed by Gary Marshall the first one was written by Gina Wendkes Wendkes I can't read my handwriting based on a book by Meg Cabot the second one was written by and Carrie unfortunately looked this up because I was gonna quiz her. You should love the second movie. You should love it. It should be in your canon. The second one was written by Meg Cabot, Carrie Marshall, and Carrie's Queen one Mashonda Rhymes. I have lots of thoughts about that. It does have a Bridgerton esque. Right? Yes. Also never yes. forget that Shonda wrote Crossroads. Like she has a prolific film writing career before she became like queen of television. Okay, listen, I have been preparing for this day for i don't know two decades okay we're just jumping ahead to princess diaries 2 okay so princess diaries 2 i have so many more notes about two than one because two is a much 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 worse movie and that two is a horrible movie and one is a great movie (laughs) two is not a good movie it is however the rom-com year of the two correct one 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 is is really rom-com not really a rom-com at all 
we throw a Schwartzman Coppola in there to like he goes professionally now by Coppola Schwartzman like you asshole because he started directing so for a long time he went by a totally different name because he wanted to distance himself from this movie and now he goes by Robert Coppola Schwartzman because he's directing and he was like gotta rope in that fucking name like fuck you guy Robert Schwartzman plays the love interest in the first one and he is brothers with Jason Schwartzman their mother is Francis Ford's daughter. Yes, she's the baby in Godfather 1, 2, I don't know. She's anyway. Sophia's sister. Right? No, she's Francis's sister. They're She's they, Sophia's aunt. Robert and Jason are on the same generation line as Sophia. Okay. She's Francis's. She's not Francis's daughter, she's Francis's sister. Okay. Correct. Um, as is Nicholas Cage's mother. Mother. Father? Mother. It would be mother. That's why they have different last names. But Robert Schwartzman is now going by Robert Coppola Schwartzman. Correct. So anyway. <laughs> you know how some okay. like children of famous people are like, I'm gonna use a different name. So no, you know, like Meryl Streep's girls are like, our last name's Gummer. Like, okay, whatever. He's he's doing the opposite. Correct. Um okay, anyway. So back to my Shonda rhymes. Hold on. Let me find my notes because like, I truly, this is my Ted talk. Okay. Um, so it's the rom-com year of the two. I feel like this is Shonda's roots. Like, yes, we know her best for like plane crashes and deaths and fires and tragedy and ripping our hearts out. But I stopped watching after plane crash. So I believe you after the first plane crash um no no time the fuck out that motherfucker did not write a second plane crash i don't think we ever had like a plane crash again to like that degree but we have had like plane incidents that then like trigger everyone you know um i hate that show (laughs) (laughs) listen um but before she was ever like shonda she was writing like teen rom-coms like Crossroads and Princess Diaries 2. I feel like in a lot of ways Bridgerton. Bridgerton is the return to her roots. Like this felt very Bridgerton-esque in a lot of ways. Um and Bridgerton in a lot of ways feels like a teen rom-com. Like yes there's hot sex, yes there's like all of the other shit going on but like at its heart it is a rom-com or like a romance right um and on some level like I kind of feel like this is what she does best I am not saying that Princess Diaries 2 is a good movie so she does best Carrie you've spent half of your life at this point devoted to her television show that isn't about this Yes, but, like, what keeps everyone coming back? First of all, she's not writing Grey's anymore. But, like, for the first 10 years, we were all still watching that show for the, like, Meredith and Derek of it all. Like, at her heart, she is a romance writer. I felt my favorite, if we're going to get into it, we're going to get into it. My favorite love story of Grey's Anatomy was Lexi and Mark, which is why the first plane crash, I was like, what the fuck do you think I'm going to watch anymore? And then I was out. Yes. Yes, she... Listen, yes, she Grey's can Anatomy write a, a tragedy. Grey's she Anatomy can write a tragedy. Romantic comedy. Grey's Anatomy is a romantic, romantic. soap opera. It's a romance. Yes. And 
at her best, Shonda can write a love story like few others. I mean, and as not good as Princess Diaries 2 was, there were some lines that I was like, I mean, that might as well have been out of like a Regency romance. Totally. And it's also like, you have to remember in writing a sequel to something that was as big as Princess Diaries 1 was, Princess Diaries was one, it's based on a very popular book. Yes. Based on very, I've never read it, but I assume a very good book. It's like lightning in a bottle. It's a very good story. When you then try and manufacture a sequel to it, I'm there were probably so many, so many, not to like fucking, I, I just want to shit on studios all day, but there was probably so many studio notes about how to make two the thing one was that were probably so bad and stupid, like, and also just also like, you're not going to do it. That like these people, like Gary Marshall and Meg Cabot and Shonda Rhimes are all proven excellent writers. You're not going to get, and they, and I, like what ruined Princess Diaries 2 was absolutely like too many cooks and studios being like, you have to reference this part of the whatever, this part of the first, because that it, it's also the thing that makes one so good is the fish out of what two versions of fish out of water right it's mainly mia being told she's a princess when she is an awkward teenager and having to figure out how to be royal and it's having the queen julie andrews in the regular ward world and having to navigate that it's it's and it's really endearing when you then put them both in the royal world and suddenly mia like you isn't awkward anymore what am i watching for like why do i care right the other thing that was clearly happening with two is that like we'd be like plodding along with our like our little happy rom-com story and then all of a sudden there was clearly a moment that was like you said like envisioned by like the disney channel to like appeal to the disney channel audience and be able to do disney channel original movie do the cross promotion with the disney channel i wanted to look up if this was a disney channel original movie because it it was not it was not, but I remember pretty distinctly that there was lots of cross promotion happening. So like every time you turned on the Disney channel, there was like the like Raven Simone, like promoting this movie or the scene with Raven Simone and Julie Andrews and Raven Simone talking about singing with Julie Andrews or Raven Simone talking about her part. I mean, the there Breslin, was so much. like never forget that the Breslin siblings, both of which appear in this movie were Disney channel stars at this maybe not abigail but certainly spencer which right. is funny to think about now since she's a much more well-regarded actor but like yes it's just it just felt it, it felt, felt like more. there was so much it felt like they cared more about the marketing of it than the than the yes. movie of it and that was because they wanted to it's because <laughs> look guys it's been a bad week for me and studio executives, but I'm not wrong in what I'm about to say. It's because studio executives saw the first one and thought, we can figure out how to do this. And the reality was, you just had a writer write a good thing. And then you had a director direct a good thing. And then you found an actor act in a good thing. Like, you had all these people doing that studio executives had no control over, except the one who was like, I'll green light this. Other than that, you found lightning in a bottle and then you tried to recreate it with your fucking algorithm and turns out that doesn't work. You just have to let, let writers write. And that's why I won't be working for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I didn't yeah. expect this episode to turn into a fucking union rant, but maybe that's all I've got anymore. 
you know how you know that this was like that the second one was like conceived as like a Disney Channel promotional vehicle. Raven in, Simone is there. First of all, that Raven Simone is there. Second of all, that Raven Simone instead of Anne Hathaway is singing with Julie Andrews. Raven Simone has a lovely voice. She has a lovely voice. Don't I am not. Girls. I am not down on Raven Simone. Truly, I do not have beef with Raven Simone. And I thought that that scene with her and Julie Andrews was charming. Weird. Oh, I, it just made me sad that Julie Andrews can't sing anymore. Not but, she, like she has a perfectly fine voice, but she can't Julie Andrews anymore. You know what I mean? Right. But like you didn't like yeah, yeah had Anne Hathaway there. You could have just had like a grandmother granddaughter moment. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about it. But you didn't use Anne Hathaway because first of all, nobody like really knew her as a singer at this point. This is pre-musical Oscar. And she and she wasn't going to bring in her musical performance was not going to bring it in the way that Raymond Simone's was in 2004. They wanted the Disney Channel yes. audience, which is silly because you already as someone who was a like Disney Channel audience member at this point, you already had us. Right. You could have just made a good movie and we would have seen it because we like and said we saw it and it was a bad movie. I haven't seen this movie since it came out. I didn't. Re- I remembered the basic gist. I've seen Princess Diaries 1, I don't know how many times. Yeah. Uh, There's a reason the second one is not, you know, an iconic movie the way the first one is. And it's because it's not good. It's because it's not a good movie. And I don't think that's the fault of the writers because all three of the people credited with writing this movie are have proven themselves in other ways like i don't think it's the, this is also directed by gary marshall one of the great rom-com directors right this is a movie that failed epically because of studios yes all right let's backtrack let's go to the first one we have not even talked about the first movie i mean i love except- it what's not to love except we're all like you know what works about this and what works about Princess Diaries 1 is that and why she was like the perfect casting. Anne Hathaway is a big old fucking nerd in a hot girl's body. He's such a nerd. Ben at one point was like, he was like, I'm not insulting Anne Hathaway. I think she's a very good actress. I can't. She's such a theater nerd. And he was like, she's such a theater nerd to the point that like when she is acting it is anne hathaway acting it's anne hathaway being a theater nerd she's not like disappearing into a role the way a meryl streep of viola davis disappears into a role she's anne hathaway theater nerding and i was like i was like i think that's absolutely true in both princess diaries one and two but also she was a literal child i was like i think once we hit devil was prada that's no longer true i think then she sort of was but also maybe it looks like Andy Sachs is a big old nerd, you know? Right. But yes, she is a, she's a little fucking weirdo. Yeah. in a hot girl's body. So when she goes from nerdy weirdo girl to hot girl, it's, it's seamless. She's also believable as little nerdy girl, which is so often not the case. And like yes. nerd to hot girl, like teen movie, like no part of me didn't believe that this girl wasn't made fun of. And yes, right. some of that's the glasses and the and the frizzy hair, but it's also like 
she's so believable to me as as like as as weird high school kid right yeah because 100 percent she was weird high school kid yeah same with there's a lot of very good writing in the first one and acting and i'm sure directing these act these like young kid actors jack there's a lot of good particularly between her and heather matarazzo who plays her best friend teenage quirks like there's a lot of like they're teenagers children are written very well in this they're smart they're smart girls but they're not precocious they're not wise beyond their years they're they're also like kids emotionally immature at times you know they're emotionally immature. they act the way teenagers would act and and it's the sort of like i i get really annoyed by the like precocious kid knows more than the adults trope in movies and i like that this is we're never expected to believe they're stupid or whatever but they are like very honestly written as kids speaking and acting the way teenage nerdy teenage girls would speak and act mm-hmm. and i i think it's very well written it's another thing that like we d- we lose in the second one which is like she's just 21 and supposed to be like falling in love and dating and there's no sort of like young there's no realistic young 20s dating aspect to it yeah we it's, also lose it's, some it's of all like, very like fairy tale unrealistic ungroundedness well and i think some of i mean the premise of the movie is absurd right like <laughs> the premise of the first movie makes absolutely no fucking sense because it's about it we're led to believe that this girl had no idea that her father was a prince and then except maybe that they're came. all famous and paparazzi keep chasing them like she wouldn't right know right and this is just sprung on her one day and she's supposed to be like processing the fact that he's dead and by the way you're a princess another and, great uh line from her best friend which is like i thought you were over your dad being dead it happened two months ago right baby girl what? um so the premise is absolutely absurd what works like what grounds this movie is the relationships first of all stellar acting from everybody but also the relationships like one of the things i love most about the first one is the relationship between anne hathaway and her mom Mm -hmm. um who by the way i know this because well imdb but also because i just recently tried to get the boys to watch hook she's the mom and hook Um, she's deeply british she's very british well she's a good actor you can tell from her bad accent yes um not as bad as chris pine's accent in the second movie um wait well because chris pine's accent isn't a discernible accent he's trying to be a genovian which isn't a country so it should be an accent some but genovia is a country between france and spain although ben pointed out as we were watching he was like but it's on the coast (laughs) where are we but also like then his shouldn't his accent be some mix of french and spanish and instead it's just vaguely british but also he's not really trying to do a british accent i think they were like what if he's vaguely british he's just like erudite like he's like just like says some words fancy is what the accent is right jeff like walked in at one point and was like what's he do what's he doing with his voice also ben and i looked at each other like is he trying to ben watched both these movies with me happily (laughs) i was like is he trying to do an accent jeff also posits that um his lips have changed since this movie i'm not i will not hear one one ounce of pine slander batman has only gotten hotter and weirder this wasn't slander jeff was just like what's different about his lips like something has changed and i was like i think we may just be glossing them better these days the other thing we were trying to do is try and make try and do to chris pine what we have done to josh hartnett 
we were this doesn't make sense because i've for the audience members cut out the hour of us talking before <laughs> we started recording but we talked right. about how josh hartnett is uh, supposed to be a character actor but it's too hot for it this was at the time where we were like what if chris pine is just hot and it was like no let him be weird yeah the man's a weirdo just let him be like stop looking at let's talk about sexism stop looking at hot men and deciding they're supposed to be hot when they're destined to be weirdos and well, my favorite and- thing about chris pine now is that we were like is he's just a fucking like well let him wear a dress in the louvre or whatever the fuck he's doing right now i don't he's a weirdo and i love it let him let him let pine pine and truly Anne hathaway's the same thing i mean i think like mm-hmm. Anne hathaway because she was hot and we tried to make her like hot it girl that then when she like let her theater nerd out there was all this backlash of like oh Anne hathaway is like too 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 for us and we also just hate nerdy women as culture. Sure. We just don't that. like women with personalities. We just want women to. So then like when we circle back to her a handful of years later and everyone was like, oh, if we just let her be weird, like she's kind of funny and charming and she makes decent movies, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, this was a movie that was not sure. The second one was not sure how to appropriately use Chris Pine or Anne Hathaway if we're being honest. Also, Anne Hathaway did not want to make the second movie. She was it's clear. pissed she's, about she's, it. She's there. Been she had to there. pass on this on Phantom of the Opera in order to make Princess Diaries 2 and she was pissed about it. Which, Phantom of like, the Opera is what she should have made because she's a weird theater girl. Yes. Although, to be fair, like it wasn't a good movie. Um... So but like also think of the timeline shift we would have. We wouldn't have the bear. I'll get there. Here's why. Emmy Rossum then did Phantom of the Opera, then led her to do Shameless. Shameless was probably a big hit, partially because of Emmy Rossum. And then we got that beckon wide-eyed looking weirdo that now is on the bear. Yeah. 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 We may never have had Remy Rossum. Wild. Do we have her now? You know, where is she? Well, she was on Shameless for years, and then maybe she needed to take a break. Anyway. Anyway, what the fuck were we talking about before? Something about the series one. No. Uh, Oh, I know what I was going to say. What works... Okay, the first one has this wild fucking premise, right? What works and what grounds it is the relationships. I... One of the things I love best about the first one is the mom. She's so well-written. Their relationship is so well-written because they clearly love each other they only have each other but also like they get to be mad at each other and they get to like have arguments and they are a teenage daughter and a and her mother yeah they have a mother-daughter relationship it's not that weird like we're best my mom's my best friend you know right it's not she has a best friend it's not her mom right it's Um, yes no and like her mother treats her like you are my teenager yeah right um, I love it. But just then in tell the your one, mom how just, she like, wants to get kissed and have her pop, and her mom has this smile of like, okay, honey. <laughs> right, like, best of luck, darling. But, but it's also her mom being like, oh, my child's 15. That's a right. sweet and, like, 15-year-old want. And I'm going to let her make her own, you know, mistakes and have her heartbreaks. Which, um, speaking of, we'll need an hour and a half to discuss Eric Fonda. So many thoughts. Also, Mandy Moore. Um, 
but anyway, then in the second, and I don't know what was going on with that actress. Maybe she had other like things going on, but like we don't use her at all in the second movie. And the guy that plays feels the like a teacher and love interest in the second movie has no lines. It's like, how much did they pay this man to stand there and hold a fake baby? Right. <laughs> Not that like we needed him back, but it's like we could have used the mom. Right. Yeah. Like we could have had like- a throwaway line about like why her mom's in Genovia. We did it with Heather Matarazzo. Which, like, I'm glad she was there at least, but... But also, like, what's missing, what the, like, core of the first movie is this woman bonding with her grandmother she's never known, which also, like, we brush over the fact that this man and his mother have just abandoned their child and grandchild, and we're all just like, well, they had to run a country, as if that's a fucking excuse. Like, I'm pretty sure you can parent and run a country. Don't make me defend King Charles, but, like, his children knew who he was. Like, don't get me started. The idea that this man was just like, well, I had to run a country so I couldn't ever know my child. And then everyone's just sort of like, makes sense. Good for him. Right? No. We love him so much. And then Julie Andrews, too, was like, I just never knew my grandchild. And it's like, baby girl, that's on you. Anyway, part of what's endearing about the first one is these two, is Julie Andrews and Anne Hathaway's characters getting to know each other and becoming close. And then in the second one, every now and then they'll like laugh with each other but their like relationship building isn't there the other thing that and you hit on this earlier but like the other thing that feels weird about the second is like the first one is quite clearly like a movie about teenagers right like it is a teenage movie we are focused on teenagers the second one now they're young adults she's supposed to be getting married she's in her 20s but like we're still focused on teenagers and kids and so there's like these random ass scenes like that fucking bridal shower scene makes zero sense because like you're having a slumber party with children as your bridal party like that's kind of fucked up it's Um, also like the second one feels way more juvenile than the yes. first one, despite the fact that the first one is for children. It just feels like it feels like the first one is written for teenage girls and is meeting them on their level, right? Like, yeah. and the second one feels like adults writing what they think girls are like, but it's also like she's twenty one years old. She'd get drunk at her fucking bridal party, like. Why? And again, like, it's a PG movie, whatever, but like, we're not even going to talk about sex or drinking or being an adult at all. Like, right. Yeah, she just like has all the princesses and at one point one of them needs to pee. It's, it just feels I'm sorry, where are these this child's parents? Like, what is happening? And there's a way to do a slumber party scene and make it work. But like, this just didn't 13 going on 30 is our yeah i was trying to figure out what what you were in if we're trying to directly steal what's so great well what works about an adult woman having a slumber party with 13 year old girls at 13 going on 30 is that she's a 13 year old girl in an adult woman's body right but yes that is it like that is that scene and this one's just sort of like this is what you want to do like i don't know how to relate to you princess mia if this is what you want to do when you're 21 years old like also somebody needs to explain to me why like all of the princesses of color were wearing ethnic clothing like 
every single one. We just put also, them in like, like vaguely ethnic clothing. We're like Raven Simone is her best princess friend, and she's from an African country, but she's also Raven Simone, and therefore we know she was born and raised in Los Angeles. <laughs> Isn't a, thank God is not attempting an accent. I'm not asking for Raven to attempt an accent. Also, we never like name a country. We just put her in like Carrie. She was the princess like, of Africa. African garb. Vaguely, uh, Chris Pine's accent, which was vaguely British, was Raven Simone's like dress. Vaguely right. African, like we just treat Africa like a monolith, even though it's like a huge fucking continent. The I mean, Princess it makes no sense. There's also like an Asian woman. Again, we don't ever establish like who she is or where she's from, but she's wearing a kimono. Like, I'm sorry, what? What? Disney Channel original movie. It's just Disney Channel original movie. This is the color um, of friendship. Remember the movie The Color of Friendship? Although that was loose about a specific African country. It's about South Africa. Yeah. Um, okay, so we need to talk about how in the first movie there were three two and a half, but like three hot guys, right? Like three dude bros. There was Eric Von Detten. Ugh, EVD. I'm getting there. Eric Von Detten, Robert Schwartzman, and the red-headed Jeremiah, Jeremiah. That Heather Masrazzo has a thing for. If you had told me in 2001 that Jeremiah would be the one working the most. I you would have laughed last week. Who case. the fuck is Jeremiah now? Also, Carrie Heather Ranaranzo. Here's the thing we tried to do with Heather Ranaranzo in both movies, and that's make her heterosexual. And yeah. it's wrong. I felt like we, I, I said that I was the first time. I was like, we are trying to imply that Jeremiah and Heather Ranaranzo have a crush on each other instead of just being like each other's gay friend because both those people are homosexual. I will hear nothing yes. against it. I don't know about um, him in real life. She is a lesbian. He, I don't know what his story is, personal is he life, but he's on? he's on the Chicago shows, the Chicago Fire Med. Oh, good for him. PD. He's has been on them since the beginning. I mean, like he is making you know Dick Wolf money at this point. But if you told Do we me think in Eric Fonden gets so weird money, where the fuck is Eric Fonden? Nobody has seen or heard from that man. I don't know. What years? if we do? What if we do like a spinoff podcast that's us trying to find Eric Vanda? Like that weird one somebody did about. Um... Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Caratop. That's exactly what I mean. It's not Caratop. Who is that? Richard the last Seven. his Wikipedia picture is from two thousand four. He was active nineteen ninety one to two thousand nine. He got what married in two thousand nine. You graduated high school. I graduated college. Okay, wait. He's he got married in 2018 and he has three children. Good for him. He's married to a Taiwanese American real estate real estate agent. Is he just like he just decided he was done acting? It, it, but again, I was kidding about so weird money. Like, how much money is she? Maybe she's like a fancy ass real estate agent. Yeah. Because there's no way they're living off or maybe he's like doing something else. They're not living off brink money, you know what I mean? Maybe they're living off brink money. She there's was- no way. Should we Heather watch Heather Razzo showed should I, should us I her residuals tonight? on. Listen, Heather Razzo just showed us her residuals on TikTok. He's not living on Disney Channel original movies. Oh, remember that episode of Loner SVU he was in? Yes, that was brilliant. He's not living off that. He I killed mean, a maid, right? He killed a maid. Tough call. His I don't remember. Last television appearance was in 2009 in Family Guy. Before that, it was Bones. Wait, did he do a movie? A movie. Oh, I know what he's living off of. I know. I know what he's living off of. 
He's Sid from Toy Story. Sure. He's living off, he's got Pixar money, baby. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, still... like, again, residuals for actors are shit, and they're probably even worse for voiceover. Yeah, and he's, like, raising three kids in L.A.? Like, I don't know. We don't know that he's in L.A.? Fair. Anyway, also, moral he's of the story. Also, real estate agent. Real estate agents in L.A. make money. The moral of the story being, in 2001, I would not have guessed that Jeremiah would be the one that was still working, you know? I was unprepared for that. Robert Coppola Schwartzman just made a movie starring one of the Jonases. Nick, it doesn't matter. I looked him up on Instagram and that's what he's promoting. Yes, so he's to directing. Be fair, Robert also, Schwartzman he's got Coppola money. Yes. Robert Schwartzman, he also like has a fairly successful music career. Um, yeah, he no, he's legitimately living on like Rooney money. Yeah, he's fine. I'm just oh saying, God, like, though, can I, we talk about how like ugh, I was obsessed with Robert Schwartzman when this movie came out and like the way that I, this boy child had our generation of girls just completely hung up on like emo music boys can we talk about the weird theater girl dating the emo music boy pipeline like right i mean come on also i is this not my remember- story this the princess I remember that when the second one got announced and it was announced that he was not going to be in it. I was in my, my heart broke into a million little pieces cut to 20 years later, 36 year old Carrie is watching princess diaries one. Like, yeah, he's fine. But like, can we get to the pine of it all? Yeah, like, like, are yeah, we there? Yeah. Like, let's wrap this Here's up. The and thing get to about Chris being pine. a weird theater girl who dated an emo boy in high school. It's like, eventually you're going to end up with like, just like a, a regular man who's not emo you know what i mean like eventually you're gonna end up with someone who like you're gonna end up with the, your own very own chris pine yeah like someone who wears hair and pants um <laughs> oh that is that is pine pine-esque of theoretic theoretically um he does it for the comfort he likes he likes a breeze around his staff at christmas side note at christmas when or at new year's when i went to his family home and he was wearing his christmas pjs and they're just regular pajama pants i was like what the f- what the fuck and he was like these are what these are my christmas pajama pants and it was like he, he, he wears hair and pants 11 months out of the year and then at christmas time he's like my regular christmas pants naturally and then january comes and it's back to the harem he's in them right now he's just I'm like sure. playing sure. playing video games in his harem pants with the cat um yeah anyway <laughs> my very own chris pine yeah exactly uh you yeah, went no, from I, a schwartzman to a pine naturally i love me anymore i love me anymore talk about a musical number that just made sense this is our second Mandy Moore movie in a month and i'm not mad about it and both have musical numbers and i'm not mad about it I also love Mean Girl Mandy Moore. I think we should watch Saved. It's not a romantic comedy, but it is. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Anyway, I love Mandy Moore. I love a bitchy Mandy Moore. I love Mean Girl Mandy Moore. I love early aughts Mandy Moore. I love the way she sings with a slight lisp. Yeah. I love Mandy Moore. I 
genuinely forgot she was in that movie until she suddenly popped up and I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good. This was this like gonna be great. One of her earliest fit like this is not long after candy. No, this we are in her candy era. We are like sure. ma- she's still blonde. Remember when yeah. she showed up and was blonde? Yeah. Yeah. Because all the pop girls were blonde then? Yeah. And at some point someone was like, this isn't for you, girl. Dye your hair brown and become an actress. And now uh-huh. no one remembers that she was part of the Britney, Christina, Jessica era? Yeah. Um... She dated her Schwartzman, albeit a very problematic one. And I hope now she finds her pine. She is the epitome of like a celebrity who needs a group chat because she keeps putting stuff on social media where you're just like, girl, you probably should have kept that one to yourself. Was she the one who posted something about like her nanny sucking? What did she? I don't follow her on social media. Why do I not follow her on social media? Yes. She had like a whole thing about like the nanny betrayal. And then most recently she posted about like her stroller getting stolen. And it was like, ma'am, you can afford to buy it. Like, yes, that's very frustrating, but like, you can afford to buy a new stroller. It'll be okay. And I believe I'm not following me anymore. I hope the stroller story is still up for your liking. Mm-hmm. She's on strike. I mean, of course she is. We all are. The entire city <laughs> is. Oh no, right now it's just all solidarity stuff. Oh, way to go, girl. Sag on strike. Who's this man? Oh, her husband? Mm-hmm. I hope he's nice to her. I think he's just like a normie, right? I use 86,000 followers on Instagram. But his bio is Ozzy's dad, Gus's dad, Griffin's brother, Mandy's husband. What do you do for a living, sir? He's attractive. Okay. I hope he's her pine. <laughs> I love it. I love that we've decided everyone has a Schwartzman and a pine. Um... I spent a lot of years on Schwartzman's. Um, Justice for Jeremiah. I don't know why I wrote it, but I didn't know it when I wrote it that he was uh, very famous. So I guess he gets it. I don't think we'd say that he's very famous. I think that very, he is a he's successful working actor who's and making he gets to live in Chicago. Money. It's true. He does get to live in Chicago. And he's on a show that'll probably run for another 10 years. So good for him he could he'll, he could be the male mariska hargitay you know yeah, those days are over no you know that because they're never gonna get residues like true um mariska, okay so at mariska the beginning posted in solidarity at the beginning when julie andrews first meets anne hathaway i just completely blocked on anne hathaway's name mia um Amelia Mignonette Thermopolis Oyster at the end of the first movie when she says it in an accent I'm like Anne Anne she's that theater school girl who like takes a dialect class and then talks in a British accent for two weeks and you're like you took one dialect class you are not was she was it her or was it Natalie Portman that dated the con artist it was her (gasps) she was engaged to the con artist I think they broke up when he conned her out of money no absolutely yeah it was in uh-huh. because she's trusting you know because she's just like no one could ever be that cruel yeah um what the fuck was i gonna oh when they first meet 
Julie Andrews says, well, let me look at you. That's a Maria Von Trapp line, right? There's Did a couple. There was, there was one later. Maybe it was even in the second movie. There was something later that I said, that's a, this is a direct reference to. Well, the maids being Brigida and Brigitte cannot have been a coincidence. No, but there, she says something. I'm getting there. Hold on. The, the, the uh, maids should unionize. I wrote, I've been a union place. Raven and Julie Andrews singing is somehow offensive. What a lame bachelorette party. <laughs> All things we've talked about. I'm glad we got there. I have so many notes on two. Chris Pine and his Harry Styles face. She says, I've done a lot of flying, which is a Mary Poppins reference. That was it. She says, I've done a lot of flying. Yes. But Brigitte and Brigitte is a sound. And let me look but at I'm you. But I'm pretty sure, well, let me look at you is a Maria Von Trapp line. Or a Mary Poppins line. Oh, you're right. Maybe it is Mary Poppins. I think let you're me right. look at you is she says to uh, the bank's children. Yes. Um, Anne Hathaway um, in two wears the same wedding dress that she will later wear in. It's the same wedding dress. It's If it's not, it's very similar that she wears in Brad Wars. A better wild. Round. Crazy. It's like the off the shoulder shit. Um, she at one point wears a knitted poncho. The way that the knitted poncho had a stranglehold on all of us in the early aughts. Oh my I, god. With pink and purple stripes. Ugh. Uh, I just did she get it at the limited two? Almost certainly. Um, she wore, if I bet my bottom dollar, she wore limited two underwear throughout this entire thing. I can feel the band. You know how limited two underwear had a really tight band? The band I can feel yeah. it. I can feel the band. Um, at one point in this, in two, they say nepotism belongs in the arts, not in politics. Not in plumbing. Not in no, plumbing, no. excuse me. But also Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. Also, Gary You're, Marshall with his daughter in this movie. Also, Chris Pine, a fucking nepo baby. His daughter? Isn't that who that blonde is? I have no idea who the blonde is, but Betty Spaghetti is in both movies in different parts, and Betty Spaghetti is his niece. In this movie? Betty Spaghetti from A League of Their Own. Yeah, but she's in these movies? Yeah. Where? One line parts. She has one line part in both of them. I said, that's Betty Spaghetti. That's the girl Harry dates who makes pies in When Harry Met Sally. Wild. Well, good for yeah. I mean, hilarious. I mean, it's clearly a reference, Marshall. Gary Marshall. Like, I think I think it's maybe self-referential, but come on. Yeah, no, I think it's like it's explicitly about Gary Marshall, and it's also explicitly Chris about Pine. Like, nepotism in the arts. Who's Chris Pine's parents? Um, Robert Pine, who you don't know except when you look at him, you'll be like, oh yeah, that guy. And his mother was also an actress, but then she quit acting and became a therapist. It's probably where I'm heading. I'm not an actress, but we are all going to have to quit this industry. Robert Pine. Carrie. Wait, why do I know this man? Right? Oh my God, was he in He's Star somebody's Trek? dad in like a sitcom. I would say he's he looks like Matthew Perry's dad, but he's not. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe Matthew Perry and Robert Pine are brothers, like allegedly Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are brothers. He was on Chips. 
Who am I thinking of? He looks like Matthew Perry's father. I know what you mean. John Bennett Perry. Yeah. All right, who cares? Um, the first movie is so good. We've spent so much time talking about the second movie, which sucks. At one point, uh, jo- when the the paparazzi get her on the beach and they're just like taking pictures of a naked teenager, like dark, dark. Um, but also, like it's again with a, a non consensual video of a naked teenager and movies in the early aughts. Um. Yes, but like I do think it's true to like how the paparazzi treats royal children. Like, well, and they... also it's explicitly announced as bad, and she cries about it. It's not like she's like, right. I'm just checking. That's what we do, you know. Um, you like know is, what? Let us live, you know. You know what did not hold up is that in the second movie when they're trying to find her a husband, they like swoon after Prince William, and they're like, oh, I just love to look at him. Talk about a man who has not aged well. I mean, you dodged a bullet. You dodged a bullet, girl. Like Diana snatched her jeans back from that man. Like just, uh, my controversial opinion is he was never that attractive. He was just rich and had a baby face. Fair. And now he's grown. He's like always looked like Charles because like Charles at one point was like rich and had a baby face, and girls were probably into it. And then he like grew and he realized his jeans were bad, and it was like should have been Harry. And like he has Charles's personality on top of it, whereas Harry has Diana's personality, and so you know. Sure, yeah. Prince William doesn't hold up. You know what else doesn't hold up in the first movie? Cell phones don't work in the rain. The end, she's like, I can't get a hold of anyone at the ball to come oh, drive sure, sure, me sure. because my cell sure, phones sure. aren't working. Or someone's like, the woman you think is Gary Marshall's daughter, but have shown evidence for, is like, we can't get a hold of her because the rain is blocking the cell signal. Okay. Right. Yeah. Also, at the end of the movie, Michael, the the Coppola Schwartzman, knows how to waltz without ever... He just waltzes. That scene where he shows up and they dance and it's lovely, that's what the final scene in First Daughter wishes it were. It's such a good scene. It's what, it's what that movie was probably trying to do because I feel like they came out at like the same time. But... Was first daughter the Katie Holmes or the Mandy Moore? Katie Holmes. Executed to perfection. Listen. Oh, he like appears from the crap. Oh my God. Listen, there's a reason that boy band child had us all like just beside ourselves. Over him now. I now watch it in my mid thirties and I'm like, he was a very attractive young man, but as a teenager, he, <clears throat> he also like, he walked so that Jess, could run you know what i mean jess mariano i do i do know what you mean oh who later married mandy moore oh look, at, look what we did there look what we did there um i have to talk about the last scene in the second one because it's a mo- fucking mama mia ripoff when she's like well we shouldn't waste a good wedding to which ben said to me but mama mia came out after this and i said fuck you the musical I also like weeping audiences. Her being like, I don't have to get married, but grandma, you and Joe should get married. Like I like that we all just pretend like they're that he's just her chauffeur, even though everyone knows they're fucking, you know? Also, like, why do they have to hide it? Her husband is dead. Who cares? Right. Who gives a kid shit? Right. Fuck if if um what's his face was my chauffeur? 
Dr. Grey's Anatomy, Callie Torres' homophobic father. Oh, yeah, sure is. What's his... Hector Elizondo. Hector If he was my chauffeur, absolutely we'd fall in love. Yeah. Also, Jeff tried to convince me that he's younger than Julie Andrews. He's not. I looked it up. They're the same age. Why do I always think Julie Andrews is mar- was married to Mike Nichols? Is it because Julie Andrews and... Mike Nichols' Mike actual Nichols? wife look the same to me a little bit. Mike Nichols was married to Diane Sawyer, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Diane I'm Sawyer. sorry. Are you telling me that you think that Diane Sawyer and Julie Andrews look alike? I'm sorry. You're gonna you're gonna pretend like those two women look nothing alike. I mean, in that they're both like white women of a certain age. One is Julie Diane Sawyer died. No. Mike Nichols is for sure dead, right? Anyway, they're both like blonde white women of a certain age and like a certain generation. But like beyond that, no, I do not think that Diane Sawyer and Julie Andrews look alike. All right, you're not better than me. Who's Julie Andrews here to? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I loathe you. That was the line that I was like, this is straight out of a Regency romance. Um, yeah, the plot of the second one is very, we haven't even talked about, there's like a guy in the second one she's supposed to marry. Oh yeah, that poor but guy. But she like falls in love with Chris Pine. It's so stupid. Because she has to get married to take the crown and everyone's like, that's sexist. And then she just like undoes it. She's just like, hey, guess what? I don't this think this movie it's not legally violent, binding. Was so <laughs> clearly like in our girl power, like girl boss gatekeep gaslight era. <laughs> Shiv Roy wishes. <laughs> because first of all, the, it's opens not like the movie doesn't open but this whole like conflict of like she has to get married opens with all of these like old men discussing this 21 year old woman's marital status which also and then, a slightly more edgy movie would have been discussing her like virginal status right it right been, like, well she's got to still yes. be hymen intact you know yeah i mean they might as well have been checking for her hymen um and they probably did like princess they, diana they did um, diana but then at the end, when we've like abolished the sexist law and now we're like suddenly letting women in parliament, which like in 2004, were we not letting women in parliament in Genovia? Yeah. Also, like not a fucking woman of color to be seen, just like blonde woman after blonde woman, like entering parliament. Putting on their wig. But also there was a very easy solution to the that made that it would make better, which is like Hector Elizondo marries the queen. Then Hector Elizondo as king would be like, that's a dumb rule. I abolish not king anymore. Like, I guess like then a man would be doing it, but it's like, I mean, they did it anyway because we like we had to get a motion from Parliament at her wedding, not wedding. Also, the prime minister is there, like instructing her. And I was like, like, no one's sworn in. Like Parliament has not been. I'm not like I don't understand Parliament, but I feel like there were steps we didn't take that would like it can't be legally binding. You can't at your own wedding be like, but I don't have to get married, right? Like that's. Yes. It doesn't feel like, I guess it's not democracy, but it doesn't feel like good whatever form of government this is supposed to be, which is just British. I very much love, I love the trope of like arranged marriage. We we like each other, but like we don't want to get married. And then there's like this guy over here that I've been pretending I don't like, but I'm actually in love with. Yeah, it's an excellent new girl episode. But I'm not sure, like, I understand that we needed a plot device to, like, get us there. But the 
the no, the Houston man she's supposed to be marrying isn't important to the story. At least in 2023, I was like, I don't, this whole like underlying law thing is really weird to me. Here's the other thing is that it should have been she's supposed to marry Chris Pine, but they hate each other. Like they should have been betrothed the whole time, but they hate each other, but she has to marry him for some bullshit reason we come up with. Uh, this movie wasn't working with Lantric. And then they fall in love, but then they find a way, like, but then they get married for real and not for the law. Or they're just like, hey, we're 21. Maybe we don't need to get married right now. Much like Which the end they of Mamma don't. Mia. I do appreciate that at the end, they, there they're isn't, like... Stealing shit from Mamma Mia. Elsa, they can't steal shit from a movie that doesn't come out for another, like, six years. It was already a Broadway smash musical, Carrie. The plot was there. Okay, but also, it's not like Mamma Mia did that story first, either. Yes, it did. It's perfect. I mean, this, I mean, all rom-coms and romances are built on, like, six tropes, you know? So. Yeah. That's why we love them. We will watch the same movie over and over with like some details changed. That's all I'm I saying. I wish we found a way to get Mandy more in the second one. What was she off doing? Tangled? The other? In 2004? No, she was not making Tangled in 2004. Tangled didn't come out until like, I don't know, 2010? Okay, what was she off doing? That first, do- not first daughter? Chasing Liberty. I think she was doing Chasing Liberty around that I time. I wish we had her in Princess Diaries too. I wish we just didn't have Princess Diaries too. I have a question for you. What's the worst sequel? This? Princess Diaries to a Royal Engagement. Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. What's the worst sequel? I think I'd rather watch Edge of Reason than this. I do want a better version of this movie though. Like I want a version okay, where tune into Hallmark and you'll find it. But I want a ver- I want a version with first of all, I want a 2023 rom-com with Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine or like a heist buddy comedy. Like I'd like to see these two do some shit na- together now. You know, I like, don't think he's a I don't think he's a rom-com leading man unless you're like going for a weirdo, which I am. I'm fine oh. with that. I want these two in a movie together. It doesn't have to be wrong. I'm make it like a, like I said, make it a heist buddy comedy or something, you know, like whatever. I don't care. I want to see these two in a movie together again. I also would like to see, like, I, I want to see like the Shonda Rhimes, Gary Marshall princess rom-com that isn't pigeonholed into like a Disney channel original movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I do. I do know what you mean. You want Shonda Rhimes to write a pretty woman movie. Yeah, which is like maybe what she's doing with Bridgerton, if we're being honest, but. I have to watch the Queen Charlotte one. I hear it's not as sexy as the other ones, and I like a sexy Bridgerton. It's. There are sexy parts. It's not as naked, although you do get some booty from him. Um, But it's much more about his mental health. Yes, blame her. It's darker and but sweeter. Darker than a girl not knowing how babies are made. And raping him. Yeah, that one was but like (laughs) um I don't know. I really liked Queen Charlotte largely because I liked the two leads. Um and I like the sort of like prequelness of seeing like the four ladies that then we see later. Um, 
I liked it. I'm eager for season three. Very eager. Here's my last critique of Princess Diaries. Actually, both of them. After the first scene where she throws up in debate class, she never again has a problem public speaking. She gets like a little nervous about it, but then it's fine. She public speaks so often. Yeah. And the second one, that's not even right. never she's just, like public speaking. Well, it would be like a great time for her to. I was the only thing. It's like, here's my. Uh, never mind. That was not my last critique. She like sees they like walk her through the palace in the second one, but it's like she's like, never been there before. It's like this should have this should have been an immediate. Th- there should have been no time gap. It's Correct. like she has a new room, but yes, they're like showing her the palace, and she's like, "It's amazing," and it's like, "But haven't you lived there for three years?" Correct. I said the same thing. I was like, I'm so confused as to why she's acting like she's never been here when like we literally Probably were because just told it was that originally was... written without a time gap and they're like, well, we need the scene of seeing her see the palace. And it's like, okay, but then she then time can't have passed. Right. And then they're like, well, we can't marry off a 15 year old. And it's like, all right, well, I think the solution here is just not to have made this movie. Correct. Was there anything you liked about two? I like when chris pine is around uh-huh i like that he's, chris pine is a person you know he's very dreamy he's dreamier now than he was then yeah i would like to, honestly there was one scene where he was wearing glasses and i was like oh okay but other than that like this isn't the pine for me maybe we need to watch just my luck because i remember being really attracted to that chris pine which has to be like the same i was gonna say pine. i'm fairly certain it's the same chris pine um maybe my tastes have just changed as i've aged and i my there, love that's it pine has just evolved with me um jeff today was like did you like this was his first movie i was i had thought smoking aces was his first movie and i was like first of all i don't know what smoking aces is and second of all but i also had smoking aces explained to me last night why do men exist oh jesus men um but also like are we just ignoring like his early aughts rom-com era please you mean this and just my luck exactly yeah we should watch just my luck in honor of Lindsay's forthcoming child great um just i'm trying to see if there were anything else oh i sent you a a picture of the man she was supposed to marry also has aged quite nicely way hotter now than he was then oh i for the first time until you sent me the picture i was like oh it's a young david tennant Yes, no, it's not. <laughs> I was like, I guess they just are both super British looking, you know? Yes. Um, one of the members of Parliament wrote the song The Rainbow Connection. So I don't I didn't know that, but I already know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> so like Jeff knew that and like pointed it out to me, and I was like, You mean the one that literally looks like Kermit the Frog? The one that looks like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. One of the first um, ones to be like, I think she should be queen without a man. Yeah, all white. When all the white men were like, I guess sexism is over. <laughs> there is so in the like banana pants slumber party scene when Julie Andrews starts singing, Heather Matarazzo looks at her not as Lily, but as like Heather Matarazzo being like, "This is fucking amazing that I'm like sitting here watching Julie Andrews." I did watching it. She has a lovely voice, but I was like, "Oh, this is sa- kind of sad." It was like, but it was sad. also like kind of lovely that they like gave her this like kind of like 
send-off opportunity to like sing a song yes and like her voice is still lovely like she's still julie andrews but it's just like you just know she's not gonna start belting the hills are alive with the sound of music right no but i did think like there was it was sweet to like see heather matter as a like look at her and just like basically not be acting and just be like this is amazing should we talk about the fact that in the sound of music she walks down the aisle to like an operatic version of how do you solve a problem like maria which just has always felt mean to me it is mean. It is. And or if should I ever get married? Should I walk down the aisle to an insulting song about myself? <laughs> yes. Um, I will say both both movies. Both movies, excellent soundtracks. Just oh wait, perfect two thousand. The soundtrack specifically to the first one, but to both of them, this it sounds except for the miracles happen, which is a bop. The soundtrack to the first one sounds like the music you play to like a selling to in selling sunset there was one point i wrote it down after she like ditches michael to go to the the beach bash and he's sad the song that starts playing is literally like too many feelings (laughs) it fully sounds like you know like in selling sunset when they're getting ready to sell a house and they're like got my heels on dancing down the street it's just like unlicensed music they've gotten people yes that's the entire soundtrack to the first movie except for opening with um supergirl Uh, yes that and miracles happen once in a while the rest of it is selling sunset music fair also then in two we get a kelly clarkson breakaway like out of fucking nowhere and i was like yes this is what i need in this movie i hear me out Maybe this is going to be another Julie Andrews Diane Sawyer moment. Mandy Moore and Kelly Clarkson are not, I know who each one is, but like same, they, they like mean the same to me. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. I could not disagree more. They just feel like women that came up around the same time and are beautiful and powerful brunettes. Oh, sure. In that way. I, and they mean the same to me. I love Mandy Moore. I do think she needs to get herself a group chat. But I do appreciate a Mandy Moore. She cannot sing like Kelly Clarkson. Let's I'm, not just suggesting, all... I'm not suggesting she can. I think also, maybe I love Mandy Moore because of how I equate her in my head to Kelly Clarkson. Fair. Also, when Breakaway started playing, I was like, this album is so good. Have you listened to the Divorce album? No. I'm, I, mean, I keep meaning to. I also haven't listened to all of Speak Now Taylor's version, in part because I listened to Better Than Revenge, and I was like, really? We're really going to change that fucking line? Which, like, she had to, but also, like... No, why? she didn't. No, she didn't. Strong disagree. That entire song is slut Shaney. That entire song is about how shitty the girl is. It's a slut Shaney song. She's better known for the things that she does on the mattress is a particularly slut shamey line. I think there is something disingenuous to yes. re-recording your albums and trying and asking us to not listen to the originals because you don't want to give money to that man. Fair. There is something disingenuous. I think the way to do it is to record it and then be like, hey. I wrote this at this time. That yeah. this time. Like, I was a teenager, like a 20. Here's the thing. Yeah. 
I will still be streaming original version because I, because it's such a dumb replacement line. I will still be listening to She's Better Known for the Things that She Does on the Mattress, which someone tweeted with Julie Andrews sliding to the mattress. <laughs> right. It's beautiful. But I actually think it's a, a fucking cop out and an attempt to be like, oh, the Swifties are going to come for us now. It's an attempt Truly, to. You're just tempting fate. And it's like an attempt to rewrite yourself into being more of a progressive person than you were and also like (laughs) changing that one line doesn't change the message of that song which is blaming the woman also like how much growth have you really had if you're like dating a racist in the year of our lord 2023 you know look here's the other i'm gonna go back to defending her not like that man seems terrible and i had never heard of that band before and i don't i never heard of him i'd never heard of whatever the band was and now that they've broken up i don't ever want to hear about him again but it's also like look if you're not getting out of a five-year relationship and dating a piece of shit then i don't know how to relate to you okay but there's a difference between like dating a guy who like doesn't have towels in his house and like <laughs> dating a racist you know what i mean yeah, like don't date racists don't do it even if you want to be in like your scum girl like skeezy guy era great love it we've all been there but like date a guy that only has one set of sheets and has never changed it don't date a guy that doesn't believe certain people shouldn't have fundamental rights you know yeah that's all i'm saying also i don't think he believes that i think he's just like stupid and says things and not not defending him i think he just like says things on podcasts that will get him attention which is just a different kind of really shitty but i don't think he like is staunch in his racist beliefs i think he's just like a fucking douchebag who runs his mouth on podcasts don't date that guy either but here's the other thing that's the problem people ascribe their morality onto all celebrities but particularly onto taylor swift and taylor swift has never given us any reason to believe she's not the person she is oh we don't want taylor swift to be this like progressive queen no yeah no (laughs) that was very midwest of me oh Um, no yeah no like stop expecting no, yeah. Don't Taylor expect Swift Taylor Swift to, to be, be some your kind of feminist like, yeah. woke hero. She's never told us that she is. She's she never like never shown us that. Told us that she is. Yeah. Okay, but more importantly, love you, Taylor. But <laughs> let's go back to Kelly's divorce album. Please do yourself a favor. That I will do. I do believe Kelly is our moral queen. It's fantastic. This is our last episode since we're about to be murdered by Swifties. <laughs> Truly. She does not hold back. Um, she references an old song that was about him and then like re like redoes it. The Great. one that's like actually about her dad, but it's about yes. like what a much better oh, it's such a good song. It's such a good song. Um, she was that's... on Las Culturistas. She will be performing that song in her Vegas re- residency, even though it's not where she's at anymore with that man. Will you come we will not visit speak. me and we can go to her Vegas residency? Brandon Blackstock. It's not, he's in Baltimore. Her Vegas residency is this coming weekend. So no, we will not be going. Wait, residency? And she's there Wait. for a long time. You're right. It's it's like a weekend. She's there for a weekend. Um, or maybe hmm. even just a night. Um, oh, fuck. I have to take care of a child this weekend. Maybe the two-year-old I'm nannying this weekend wants to go to Vegas with me. I bet he loves Kelly Clarkson. You might want to run that by his parents. Just a thought. 
I asked his parents if I could take him to a park for Bryce's birthday. I'm obviously going to ask them if I can take him to Vegas. All right. <laughs> we haven't strayed so far from the past. So far. Okay. Let's Princess Diaries. Do we have anything else to say about Princess Diaries? I have nothing else to say about this movie. The first one is great. The second one is garbage. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like we properly dived into dove dived div, divin. I don't feel like we properly divin into either. Maybe we shouldn't so, do it once. Since I am the resident like Shonda archivist here, I do feel that it is my duty to say that Sandra O oh is a goddamn fucking gem. And we haven't even talked about Sandra O. Oh. I was like, do you think they ever talked so about that? So fucking funny in the first one. She's so funny in the first one. When she's like, Gupna. Gupna. The queen is coming. The best is when the queen is sitting in her, <laughs> in her, at her desk and she's trying, she's like mimicking when she's, she's yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, for a movie that takes place in San Francisco, it's nice to see an Asian person. <laughs> what? And San Francisco has a large, I guess, Chinese population, which Sandra O is not, but. There, there's only white people in the first movie and it takes place in San Francisco. Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a city which has a large Asian population. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, not a not a person other than Sandra Oh, not a person of color to be found. Uh, the um, cop who gets knighted. Ernie right. Washington. Correct. Um, Don't watch person squeezing say, her hair into a cup. Oh yeah, yeah. When she funny. comes in from when the rain, they squeeze it into a cup. It's funny. There's like little details in the first one that are so funny that the second one doesn't have because it's a Disney Channel original movie, and not even a good yeah. one. Not even a brink. You know what I mean? It's not a brink. It's not a smart house. What was the one motocrossed? That was my favorite. Um, one of the many ones where a girl pretends to be a boy. You know what correct. else was good? Devil teamed. I don't know what that one is. Sounds like a porn, but it was about twin sisters who played basketball. I it absolutely sounds like a porn. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Double team. It was like it was based on a true story. It was like twin sisters who played basketball. Except I think they were identical in real life. Or gotta kick it up. America Ferrera. Um speaking of America Ferrera, join our Patreon to hear our thoughts on Barbie. I got nothing else to say about this movie. These movies. Uh, the second one's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, it's, it's like the worst like Disney Channel original movie. Boring. It's not even as good as even the Even Stevens movie. I like a candle to Cadet Kelly. I liked the scenes between Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine. I just wanted more of that and less of like the random extra princesses. Except shit. they had no chemistry. They're just I don't care. I still wanted people. to see them together. That's why maybe their rom com shouldn't be a rom com. It should be like. That's what I'm saying. They fight crime. Yeah. They crime. go on a date and get caught in a night of crime, a la a date night or a lovebirds. Which is our next movie. Great segue, <laughs> Allison. What are we watching next? Is it lovebirds or is there one before that? No. I'm I feel like we have so many other movies to watch, but it's just because we're doing like 12 page- patrons. Um, we are watching Lovebirds Knox, which is a movie starring Issa Rae and Kamel Nanjiani. Um, but if you want to, which will come out two weeks from now, but if you want to hear thoughts from us before that about Issa Rae, you can join our Patreon to hear our Barbie episode. 
and we're our talk a lot of American wedding two and American wedding. No, American Pie two and American wedding. Well, nannying this child all weekend. At some point, while he's napping and or sleeping, I have to watch the American Pies, and I don't know how to explain to his parents why I'm watching American Pie in their home. They're going to think I'm some sort of pervert. Tell them to listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, I'm sure they they'll love it. Uh, yeah, that I'll, I'll do that. Um, join our Patreon for all this bonus content. That's going to be so fun. And uh, join us in two weeks for Lovebirds. And don't watch Princess Diaries too. Bye. Bye.